speak. All right, I think we're, yeah, we're live as of 40 seconds right now. So this is our first uh, first podcast for uh, for booking confirmed. Let's get this one. Hey, Dennis and Christian here. Um, first uh, episode's called Property Management. And so uh, we're not going to go into the background of, you know, because property management means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Um, 15 years of careers transitioning over the course of the last 10 years, dabbling in real estate. How long you been? Well, we're sitting in a, your first house in our current city right now. When did you buy this place? 2014. All right. So almost 10 years ago, the, you know, this idea of people are on a spectrum of uh, utilizing the asset they have to leverage for either supplemental cash, passive income, and or a full-time gig. But uh, talk, talk a little bit about what does property management mean to you and the different types of property management. Yeah, I mean, this shows specifically that the kind of the lane that we want to stay in is short-term rentals. And that's what this show is about. Um, that's what I do uh, for a living at this point, but it was only a few years ago that I didn't. Um, but short-term rentals have become, you know, a very popular mode of real estate and, uh, you know, people who are in real estate see the types of returns that you can get on short-term rentals the last few years. And there's been a huge boom in the industry, um, you know, highest metrics across the board year over year, uh, 2021 was a boom, you know, during COVID, particularly in a lot of markets, um, so if, if, there, if people are tuning in this show, they probably have something to do with either Airbnbs or Verbos or uh, house hacking. Um, there's a lot of taglines that people utilize to make money off the assets they already own, or they, they have really some questions around how do I get in the industry? How do I make my first purchase? Yeah. Um, I have a little bit of money. I got some inheritance. I've been saving up for a personal uh, property. Uh, what type of property do I, do I leverage? They're kind of wanting to get into the game. We're all kind of facing a, a potential downturn in the economy as well. And so people yeah, are sure. rethinking how they're making money. Uh, do I have a job? Do I stay at my job? Um, you know, you just took the last two years or so and transitioned out of being a CEO into a full-time property manager of short-term rentals. Um, I've done long-term rentals and I'm currently renovating a short-term rental property now. But a lot of people probably in the next 24 months or so are, are assessing how do I provide for my family, provide for myself, uh, get ahead, stay ahead, and or stay afloat, and looking at potentially the assets they have to help them do that? Yeah, and, and you hit it on the head with, with house hacking. Mm -hmm. I mean, house hacking is the lowest hanging fruit, the easiest thing that you can do to take a liability mm -hmm. and turn it into an asset. For the majority of American families, the most expensive payment that you have every single month is either your rent payment or your mortgage payment. Yep. If you rent or you own, and there is ways with both of those 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 uh, liabilities to turn them into assets, or at least at a minimum, offset that your costs yeah. significantly. Yep. And that's through taking that that liability and figuring out a way to use it as an asset. Mm -hmm. And short term rentals is a really nice tool to do that because say you rent your own house, yep. say you rent a house or an apartment or, you know, Airbnb, the name Airbnb, where it came from, air mattress, bed and breakfast. Yep. You know, before there was Airbnb, there was 
Verbo, mm-hmm. vacation rental by owner, but it was it kind of exclusively for the posh community. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the lake houses, the beach houses, the ski houses, and it was this high end rental unit. And Airbnb came and said, "Hey, let me go to the opposite end of the spectrum." You know, obviously, birthed in San Francisco as mm-hmm. a tech business, yep. and let's empower people with really small apartments that literally don't even have another room. Yeah. All they have is a couch or a hallway or a closet that they could just throw an air mattress oh, yeah. on the ground yeah. and rent it out. Well, part of Airbnb starting in the Bay Area was a density problem. So a housing crisis yeah, plus a density problem where you had so much talent via technology and money flowing into a very small area where people needed to be that you had, you know, six to eight people plus renting a house, all paying $3,000 a a month to be there because the property owners could do that. I also saw, you know, eight or nine years ago, people starting to rent tents out in their backyard in the Bay area for conferences or shows or festivals. Really like the assets don't just, uh, they're not limited to the four walls of your property. It's the entirety that not only you own, but you have access to that you could leverage, right? Yeah. And that's house hacking. Yeah. I mean, that's house hacking right there. Now, now we'll give one caveat there. Mm. Do check with your local municipality on what is legal and not legal. Totally. We are on the West Coast. We are based in California. And so we've researched our laws, right? Yeah. And there's there's definitely, with short-term rentals, it is a newer market. Mm-hmm. Um, cities and counties, depending on where you live, are still catching up to this thing. Yep. And some places have already um, put in regulations. You know, they have permits. Some places still have none. Some people, some places have even outlawed it altogether. So it's it's a broad spectrum of what the possibilities are depending on your current metro. So our, our theme of this episode and episode one is property management. Um, but, you know, the industry being a new industry, there are inherent risks that come along with it, whether it's, um, your local municipalities, whether it's zoning, whether it's the county that you're in, uh, whether it's a physical space, do you register, do you not register, how, how known are you, um, to how well do you get along with your neighbors? Are you going to be ratted out? Are you, go- are you going to be, um, are you going to be thrown underneath the bus and, and, and basically you know, sideswipe from this potential venture? But property management is the overall uh, kind of chapter theme. And, and kind of once you have a property, uh, maybe we should start there of once, you, you know, we're currently sitting in the first property you purchased and you didn't immediately go into short-term rental, right? No. You, di- you, didn't, you didn't actually oh. go into, how, how long did you, I guess, uh, let me ask this question. How long did you live in this current residence before you started renting out a part of it? Zero months. Immediately. Oh, immediately. Okay. Like when um, me and my wife, first purchased the home and got married, we started actually, um, you know, there was, there was a sizable mortgage attached to it. Yep. I don't remember exactly. We'll have to live in the home. Did you it's, buy, did you buy the house already talked it through strategizing with your, with your maybe fiance at the time or girlfriend at the time? Like, Hey, let's actually buy a bigger place, a slightly bigger mortgage because it would allow us to potentially do more out of it or more. So you bought it and said, all right, Let's make some money off this thing. Yeah, it was more like, hey, this is an awesome place. Mm-hmm. This was 2014. Um, we actually got a really good deal on this place and got into a, an escrow and a rent-to-own deal nice. the year prior. Okay. So I had already been in the house home for a year nice. okay. uh, before we closed. And you know, I had roommates at that time. Mm-hmm. They were paying rent yep. and paying my mortgage for me, mm-hmm. which is great at the time. 
and had a really nice rent to own. This was kind of, you know, post, you know, uh, you know, the housing market crash. So and you, so deals were still to be had at that point. You were still, so you, uh, even before you got married, you were making money off the house. Yeah. At least breaking even. Okay. At least breaking even, which is, which is, a, which is a good way to look at it. You don't have to just look at it as how much money can I make, but how much can I decrease my largest liability? Yep. You know? And so actually when me and my wife, Holly got married, one of the things we did at the beginning of our marriage, we lived in this house. It was a four bedroom house. We tried a couple things. We first were like, well, we have three extra rooms. Mm-hmm. What if we just do like original Airbnb yep. and rent out individual rooms? Mm-hmm. And so we did that twice. And they were actually really good experiences. They weren't bad experiences. We had this really lovely European you, family. You were in the house. We were in the house. People we were rent out a room. Okay. And we Got shared it. like in this kitchen. You yeah. know, could come and make. This little kid would always say, Lola, Lola, <laughs> and then yogurt in some language. Very communal. <laughs> so very communal experience. Um, and then there's this other, like, older gal, single gal. She walked everywhere. Okay. And we're in Reddit. Yep. You know Reddit. It's yep. fucking hot. Yes. And she just walked everywhere all over town. I'm like, lady, this is not Europe. Done. Like, this ain't Europe. No. But, you know, how about it? Like, good for you. That's right. And they were actually not bad experiences. But we decided after that, we're like, hey, you know, we do value our own space yeah you know having some privacy like you know some of the doors here are not super soundproof totally yeah. so we were just like yeah let's let's do an alternate approach yeah. so then we shifted to actually hey let's leave the house mm-hmm. and run out the entire house now we're not just renting individual rooms we're renting out a four-bedroom home with a, a really cool backyard yep which i did a lot of work on and a pool yep and you know make some real money mm-hmm on it on a nightly rate. And so we kind of, for the next few years, rented out the home about a week a month. So, so let me, let me break in there. Like to do that, to go from renting out a room to renting out your house, most people, you know, dream about growing up, having their own place. And I'm going to, I'm going to make it my dream home. And which means I get all the amenities that I want. I buy all the furniture that I want. Mm -hmm. You're thinking self first, not others first. But I look around your home and you have to think from a design perspective, from an investment perspective, from the wear and tear. But what is the experience that you're going to be providing? So property management, you you did all self-property management until relatively recently. And I know you've come a long way as far as how you design out your spaces. But I'm looking in here and it's very clean. It's not cluttered. Um, you, You have to think differently from how much stuff that you have. How much stuff do you keep? Where do you put it? What kind of flow do you want in your house? And so you, you've done self-management, but in a way that you chose to, how do we maybe decrease the amount of stuff that we have? Maybe we think differently about the investments that we, that we have. Maybe we get a storage unit and, and actually pare down so it, it looks and feels differently for our, our, our guests because it is a, it is a bottom-line game, right? It is hey, it needs to become an asset, and that has to be cash flow positive or at least neutral to your mortgage to make it worth it. Um, but from a, a self-management perspective, leaving was a, was a business decision to make more out of it. And also um, almost leaving created, you, you regained some privacy with your wife, right? Yeah. From a lifestyle perspective, but it also forced you to, uh, you displaced yourself, right? You chose displacement over this idea of sedimentary comfort, of I have a home, I have a door, I come home every day, I'm a creature of habit, this is what I do, this is my domain, and protecting this out, you said, no, actually thinking differently, which a lot of people I feel like finding, you know, 
booking confirmed is I want to live differently. I need to think differently. I want to make money differently. You, you, and, you and Holly thought differently about the space that you had as an asset first. And then you say, what's the best way to leverage it? Option one was having people with us. And then it's actually, let's, let's remove ourselves from the equation, right? Yeah, yeah. let me jump in there because, I mean, you said a ton of things, which are great. And, um, but I think you, like, one thing you touched on there, which I think is really is how to healthy view yeah. of your home mm-hmm. and your stuff. And, and this isn't for any, everybody. Yeah. You know, this isn't a thing for everybody. Yep. And some people are going to be listening and be like, hey, this ain't me. Yeah. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. But there needs to be in order to do, if you're going to house hack your own property, there's other ways to do short-term rentals yeah. that don't involve your own property at all. Yep. Um, you just have to have a little more capital available to you yeah. to do that. But if you're using, the easiest way in is house hacking. Right, so it's something you're already using. Mm-hmm. You're already living in there. You already own it. Is that is that irregardless of the condition of your neighborhood, the where you live? Like, is is that true in any anywhere or relatively universal? Or it does 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 the dynamic market conditions, um, neighborhood you're in? Uh, h- how do you be realistic about the asset that you have? Because a lot of people, I feel like they're either in a property now that they might've got into because they had the means many years ago that, you know, is their starter house. It might not be in a great area, right? Do you, are they still able to house hack? Yeah. I mean, there's always an opportunity to do it as long as if you own your own home yep. and it's legal within your current municipality. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. If you're renting, you do have to get permission from your landlord to sublease. Unless it's in your lease, right? Unless, Unless that's already in your yeah, lease. Uh-huh. So, so that's a, that's a little bit of a different caveat. And there's a whole short-term rental game of yep. subleasing leases, mm-hmm. which, you know, people can get into this game without even owning anything, yeah. which is fantastic. Yep. I've got a buddy who's doing it. He's doing really well. Yep. Um, but yeah, so, so to get back to the thing about stuff is, is you know, I, I am a minimalist. Mm-hmm. I love the simplicity of that. And short-term rentals, if you were going to, to rent out your own living space, you got to embrace it. Well, probably. You don't have a lot of stuff to ruin if you're going to lend it out for nights or weeks or months to people you don't know. Yeah, or you just have to set it up, right? I mean, yeah. people always ask, you know, Holly and I, like, hey, how do you, how can you let people use your things? Yeah. Like, aren't you so concerned yep. they're going to ruin it? Uh-huh. You know, they're just going to mess up your stuff. And, and, and there is a process there. Yep. There is a process, you know, we just bought a really nice house this last year mm-hmm. um, that is more of like our long-term house. Yeah. And I was like, babe, we're going to rent this out at some totally. point. Totally. Yeah. And so we just went on a big trip, you know, like a two, two, two and a half week trip. Yeah. And uh, in our van. Yep. And I was like, this is the time we're going to do it. So we had to prep the whole house. You have uh-huh. to put things in certain orders. And yeah, I mean, there's definitely a challenge even with that, you know, hey, this was kind of a nicer home. Yeah. There's a little more, it's definitely on the luxury side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Holly's like, well, I don't want him to mess up my, you know, nice countertops. Yeah. Or my nice wood floors, yep. you know, and there's some reality to that. And mm-hmm. there's some, hey, are we, you know, do we want to do that or not? And those are conversations you got to have. Yeah. And the real- reality, you know, talks you got to have as a couple, if you're yep. married or, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're by yourself, great. Yeah. You know, you can do that. Um, but yeah, those are real conversations and thoughts you got to have. Like, can I do this? Can I actually house hack? Can I rent this place out? But I'll tell you what, doing that for us, like paying down our largest liability every yeah. month, yeah. you know, change our lives. Game changer. 
for it changed sure. our lives. For sure. Well, and also just you guys are natural adventurers, right? You 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 like leveraging the relationship and community that you have, but you're also outdoorsman people. Like you had some things that in your personality that lent it to a lifestyle of adventure, which property management and short-term rental, it, it is an adventure. Why? Because the dynamic and the variable are all the different people you have to interface with, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so at every every story, kind of your story is being intertwined by all these guests all the time. And they're and they're dynamically shifting. For better or worse. For better or for worse. <laughs> we'll do a whole episode on that, right? They're oh, dynamically man. shifting the conversations, your feelings, your emotions, um, your financial situation. But this idea of of renting out what you lending out what you have, if you're become the lender and not the borrower, you should be making margin. And if something gets messed up, guess what? You have the margin to, to fix it, right? Yeah. And so becoming the, the lender of it, and really what are we lending out? Yeah, we're lending out our our properties as assets, but over and above that, what makes memories are experiences that people won't forget. And and I think curating experiences when it comes to property management is is what we're, we're talking about. How do you go from a three-star to a five-star person, person and guest, host, whatever you want to call it, super host? Um, you know, how do you get more bookings confirmed you cure you curate experiences that's yeah. what you do right and if you do it well with excellence people are going to feel it they're going to feel your space they're going to feel how thought through it is um and ultimately whether it's one night where they're just crashing to catch a flight or they're coming here for a conference or they're just passing through like whatever it is like you're going to be able to mark someone and that and marking them is going to have a five-star effect yeah so property management and, and, and for anyone who's going to listen in, like we're just going to meander and hopefully progress through thoughts. This is just for fun. And you're more than welcome to join in. And we're going to have you know opportunities for you to, to join the conversation, ask questions, dial in, be live, all that good stuff in the future. So thanks for, for joining us. Um, property management, three different sections of property management. You can do it yourself. You can have a hybrid approach to, to, uh, to managing your property or you can completely outsource it. How many of those have you utilized and what would you say are the biggest differences in those three? Yeah, I've done all three. Um, when we first started, uh, we uh, hired a full uh, uh, property manager. Shout out to Steven. You were awesome. Yeah. Loved you. Um, back in the day, back in those days, uh, when Airbnb was kind of a newer company and short-term renters weren't, rentals weren't so property or sorry, weren't so popular, um, you know, short-term property managers, you know, cost around 10, 12%. Um, you know, that's what we were paying Steven at the time. He did a fantastic job. Um, and this was when we were living here. And then there were some times we weren't living here. But yeah, he would just interface with the guests. You know, we had the house set up. He managed all the cleaners um, and did a fantastic job. We had a really great experience with him until he uh, actually retired from property management. He was doing it as a side hustle and moved on to something else full time. Um, and it was at that point that we ended up jumping in ourselves. And at that point, we were under Steven's account on uh, Airbnb before. And so we started our own. We had our own account from traveling, but we started our own um, host account. And, and listed our home and, and, and we'd had another property at that point. Um, and I, I think, so this is where I think it's really important to do things yourself. Um, I think it really matters, particularly in this space, to have the experience of running your own property, especially when you have one, you know, like it's the best time to learn. Um, and, and with Airbnb, you know, Verbo, short-term rentals in general, 
like you really learn by doing, you know, you can read all about it. You can talk to people, your friends are talking about it. Maybe they've got one, um, but you really can dive in and do it. And I really believe that like, this is attainable stuff. You know, if you have some hard work and a little bit of grit and flexibility, there's a few key components there of characteristics that you need, but you can make it happen. Um, and, and running it yourself is really important to do, even if you're not going to do it long term, just for a season, you know, just so you can figure out how it works, you know, what the questions is you need to answer. And honestly, no matter so, if you, so get you don't the, get screwed over too. well, right. yeah, if you don't, if you don't know, it's like anything, yep. it's like any job. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't know how to do it yourself, you don't know how to evaluate someone properly. You don't it. know the questions to ask. You don't mm-hmm. know what to look for. Yep. You don't know the considerations of guests mm-hmm. unless you've actually dealt with guests directly, yep. you know, through customer service. So being a part of that whole process yourself is vital to when you either pass it off full time to another full time property manager or if you do the hybrid model um, to actually know how to do that well. Yeah, I'll, I'll, let me just touch real base yeah, yeah, on the yeah, hybrid. Yeah. The yeah. hybrid model is actually one I'm doing now. Once we get to it, once we got to a certain amount of listings, we're currently we're at 15 listings. Um, no plans to grow at the moment. Who knows what the future holds? But we're at 15 listings, which is what we were working towards for a while. Um, and so somewhere in there, I don't remember exactly when it was, but when we got up to like five or six, it started getting a little more like. Oh wow! And br- break that down. You were doing you were doing pricing, listing. Your wife is doing cleaning, communications, guest management. Right? Was that kind of the general buckets? Yeah. So all of our on? properties we have purchased. So gone through the buying process, finding the properties, buying them. Which which for anybody who's bought a property, you know the loan process is is uh, uh, hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's good. Significant. Yeah. yeah. Um, F- funding overall F- funding, particularly funding. for us, yeah, like yeah. Uh-huh. like didn't have like the best like personal financial statements at yeah. the time. Yep. And so it was just a lot more challenging and particularly those early days to get funding, you know, post financial crash, Which right? to, to that post financial crash. And you were also the CEO of a nonprofit. Yes. Right? And so, so it wasn't it, making a lot of money. Wasn't making literally, <laughs> literally it was not, it was nonprofit. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, to say the least you guys, you know, are coming from, you scrapped, you hustled, you worked, and you knew that you probably had to do it yourself all the way through. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, one of the things that really helped us like later on as we got to some of the, the properties we were buying later was like on our our tax returns, since 2014, we've had short-term rentals. Yeah. So as, so we're able to count those as income because mm-hmm. they've been coming through since, since 2014, you know, and the banks got really comfortable with that. Yep. You know, as we worked with banks and built relationships with them, like, Hey, these guys have been doing this since 2014. This isn't like a new thing. Yeah. We just kept adding and adding and adding. Mm -hmm. So as they saw that income, you know, amount get larger and percentage of our income, they got more comfortable. Um, but the hybrid model is something we're doing right now. We have a, a lovely gal named Angela who works, works with us, um, on, on all 15 of our listings, she does all of the, so I'm still the host. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually changed, changed my name on Airbnb and Verbo to Taylor Homes. Okay. That's our LLC name for one of our companies that we, that owns the listings that we have. Uh, but that's the management company. Shameless plug. If you want to come yeah, to Northern Taylor California, Homes, Taylor Homes LLC. Stay. That's right. Uh, Reading and Mount Shasta's finest. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh, and, and so, so I'm still the host. 
and, and you want to stay the host if you're doing the hybrid model because um, that's where all the reviews come through. Mm-hmm. They come to the host. And so you want to keep that status. Even if I would even recommend it if you have a property manager, figure out a way to have it underneath you instead of them because then you can always switch property managers. Yep. If it's under their name, if you switch property managers, you're starting from scratch again mm-hmm. with a new listing. So that's why, why do you think that that a lot of people just go straight to the outsource model? Because it's a, it, it, I think it seems overwhelming, which it is a lot. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't want to sugarcoat it. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's also now your full time job. You work, now, now, but mm-hmm. not when I started. Not when you start. And yeah. when you when you start with one, whether it's just the guest house you have, or yep. you're doing house hacking, renting out your current house mm-hmm. when you're not there. Yeah, or you know a room or a total separate rental property, like it's probably not your full time job to start. Yeah, we were able to in 2020, in the beginning of 2020, get off our W-2s and, and live off our short-term rental income. Which you had a strategic goal within 18 months to make a transition to make that happen, right? That was that was a, I feel like you, you, you took, you said, hey, we don't know what's gonna happen with the economy, COVID's here, things are shutting down, um, I need to sure up a path for myself and I'm gonna bet on me versus bet on anyone else, right? Yeah, we, I, I, we are, we will, on one episode, we, we will tell, yeah the full kind of journey mm-hmm. that me and my wife took. Cause I think it is a fun journey and it is, um, uh, attainable. It's absolutely. Doable. It's absolutely yes. attainable. Absolutely yeah. empowering, you know, for people to see that, Hey, I can do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very briefly, we, we had been doing short, short-term rentals kind of one-offs at a time. Mm-hmm. And at most we had two going, yeah. um, since 2014, but then when COVID hit, we didn't have any going yep. at that time. And and we shifted and said, Oh, let's just, you know, let's get one going because our work, we can't travel. We can't, you know, we work, we worked internationally. Yep. I was working on a, a PhD at the time, which, mm-hmm. you know, I was doing research phase, which all got shut down. Yep. I was like, okay, let's 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 do let's do a short term rental. At least we can make some money doing that. Uh-huh. Gives us a project to do. And then and then we did another. And then at some point in that journey, we're like, actually, instead of just you know, doing another side hustle. Yeah. Let's actually try to become financially independent yeah. via short-term rentals. Yeah. And, and then from there, what, I mean, what year did COVID start? I can't it was remember. 2020. Yeah. We, we were around a bonfire at your Butte street right after you bought it. So first you bought the van and then you did, and you built out your garage. That was in 2017, 2017. But it was really when you bought the, it was your, it was your Butte street. Uh, was COVID 2020? Yeah, it was 2020. Yeah. Uh-huh. So then by 2021, we were financially independent. Yes. So within less than a year. And, and all that has to do, I mean, with, with property management, your people's experiences, because some of it is just IQ business, finding the deal, having access to capital. But some of it is personal because you have to be a marketer. You have to be personable. You have to interface with people. You have to understand uh, people's sentiment and they can give you a bad review and you not do a bad job. Like there's, it's actually both sides of the brain that you have yeah. to be able to, to work with it. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, for those of you that are not super hospitable, welcome to club. Well, you're, you're a jackass. I'm going to say that if you're a jackass and I am, <laughs> I know. So am I. So, wait, so let, let's, yeah. I just, I, yeah. just don't, I just don't want people to think like, Oh, you, you know, they make you cookies, you know, grandma makes you cookies at the house. You know, you always want to go there and stay. And I'm good. We're good. And, um, you know, so, so 
I just want to be really clear. I mean, that's not me at all. Yeah. And, and not my wife either. We're actually a little bit more like, um, introverts. Yeah. Both of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although we, we obviously we're very social, you have lots of friends, love to hang out with people. Yeah. But, but even with like, we definitely need that space to seclude to. Yeah. And, And even in our conversationalist styles, like, and this is on. This is honest. Like we were not great at the guest communication thing at first, and and no one, no one, very few people naturally are, and and very few people naturally have both the business side and the personal side down in in a in a really complementary mix, right? And so I think a lot of people do go straight to outsourcing because they're like, oh no, I can't do I can't do customer relations, I can't do yeah. guest relations, right? Or they just don't want to because they have a full time job that's super demanding, or they have young kids. There's a lot of things that people just completely outsource it. But how much you mentioned ten to twelve percent of the of the money you could gain? Um, you know, what other compromises do you feel like? Well, you mentioned two things. You you give up twelve percent, which is a significant amount of your of your income. I mean, it's way more now. It's what are you twenty five percent now? Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was that was back in like twenty fourteen. Okay, ten to twelve percent. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like seventeen to twenty five is the norm. And if you're doing something that's even way more full service, like there's some of these companies out there, the national companies, it's more than that. So basically it's, it's you're signing up to be taxed by, by a company to do something that you very easily could learn to do yourself. You can absolutely do it yourself. All right, cool. But, but it's not for everybody. It's not, well, but neither is short-term rental operating, neither is uh, house hacking, neither is any of this stuff, right? Yeah, and so, I mean, and that's a question that goes to, What's your goal? Mm-hmm. So, so, so here's another, here's a, here's a, another little personal story. My sister. Yep. Uh, amazing girl. Megs, shout out. Love you. Boom. So, so they, she and her husband, they're, you know, he runs a, a, a big real estate business yep. in Denver and they have a home and they bought a, a cabin in Copper at mm-hmm. Copper Ski Resort. Yep. And that is their vacation home. And so the goal for them is to it's 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 within an hour drive of their house. Uh-huh. It's one of the closest like legit ski resorts to Denver. Okay. They can get there really easily. They go there all the time to ski. Um, they love it, right? But they rent it out, and they rent it out in order to. And you know, they said when they bought it, hey, this is something. You know, we're buying, and they actually, you know, it's appreciated yeah. like crazy. So yeah. it, was a, it was a it was a great purchase. But they bought it saying. Hey, we don't really want to take on this entire liability. Yep. And the mortgage payments and mm-hmm. utilities and snow removal, et cetera. Yep. But if we'll use it a bunch mm-hmm. and let our friends use it, and it'll be a great, you know, tool for us in our in our in our in our community. Yeah. But we're going to rent it out yep. to they don't make money, but their goal is to offset the cost almost completely so, each year. So this so what Short-term rental operating is to our generation, and for everyone listening, we're mid thirties. We're technically millennials, but I'd mid-30s say thirties is generous. I would, we're I would 30s, say we're, okay, okay, we're eight, we're late thirties. <laughs> we're we're elder statesmen when it comes to millennials, right? But what short- we just barely got in the club. We right? barely we we skimped still in. in the club. Uh, we we limped in at the end. But, All you Gen Xers, that's we're going to own the properties you rent. Well, yeah, get yeah. ready. So so get so what I realized is that. Because my, my parents, they were in the timeshare generation, mm. right? And so they went to pitches and they said, hey, you'll get a free toaster or a TV or a microwave, wow. sit through this hour pitch. And then, you know, and, and then and then if you buy in, you get, you're going to buy, you're going to pay all year long to have access to one week. And the idea of timeshare saturated a whole generation of baby boomers that had excess capital. 
And they decided that in one experience a year or the two weeks of vacation they had, they could have access to this timeshare. What timeshare was to the baby boomer short-term operating is to our generation. We just said, hey, I, I'm willing to, t- to share my time at my, ca- my ski cabin in Copper. Yeah. But I'm also going to pay off that property with all the time I'm sharing, right? Yeah. And it's the return on that time. So it's like timeshare in, in, in flipped on its head. In a way. It's just renting instead of owning. It's yes. And, but but uh, I, I brought up that story to make the point. Uh, my sister has a company that's, that's, it's, it's a, it's a property management company mm-hmm. that I believe does every, I don't, they, yeah, it's a full blown property management company. Yeah. And so she pays for it, but the returns are still really good. Yeah. You know, because it's a demand, it's a in a high demand ski resort, you know, in Denver. So obviously it's a seasonal vacation rental. But they make enough money and are able to pay a property manager because, you know, she's got four kids. She's yep. got a whole life. Yep. Um, she doesn't want to be sitting on the phone all day with guests mm-hmm. and cleaners. Yep. And so her property manager takes care of it. And and even if you have a property manager, like, don't get it twisted. Like, you're still going to be involved. You're still it's managing. still your property. You're still your manager. But it starts with what is the goal? So, you're, so, you're, so, yeah. you're, so your, your sister and brother-in-law said, hey, our value is to ski a shit ton on a great mountain. Yep. And, and what would, what, what could help us get to that goal? And they said, well, owning instead of renting is better. Yes. And then, and then what do we need to do to right size that investment and make it an asset for us financially? So it's not a burden or an anchor for us financially. And we get the benefit of skiing our brains out a couple times a year, whatever it looks like. So it starts with the goal and the lifestyle and the values that you have. And then it's kind of being honest about the finances, what you can afford to outsource, what yeah. can you afford to, what can you afford to acquire from an asset perspective? And then what can you afford to outsource? If you have plenty of money and you don't, and you can outsource all of it and you don't care about the returns, you're in a different, you're probably in a different category than this podcast is about. Well, and that's, and, and, and you can still learn from this mm-hmm. because, because I was just having this conversation with one of our partners last night. What's the difference between a vacation home yeah. and an investment property? What is the difference? Let me see if I can answer. What's the difference between a vacation home and investment property? A vacation uh, home is an investment property. You don't is as a liability, and an investment property makes you money. So a vacation home gives you the value of an experience, and maybe attaining some some goals once a year. As an investment property is more bottom line driven and getting getting a return, an investment, yeah. a business, a business versus uh, something extra in your life. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I believe that's right. So I, I think a vacation home is, is properly defined as a liability mm-hmm. and an investment property is an asset. Okay. Yeah. So an investment property, I honestly, I mean, we, there'll, there'll be a lot of talk, topics about where to buy, Yep. but uh, it doesn't matter where you buy. It doesn't even matter what it is because you don't care Yeah. because you're not using it. Yeah. It's not for you. No. As long as it makes money, Yep. that's what matters. But a vacation home, it's all about you. It's about you. Yeah. Now you may want to offset the cost mm-hmm. of your vacation home, like my sister. Yep. Or you know, we live here in Northern California. A lot of people have vacation homes in Mount Shasta yeah. or or Lake Tahoe. Yep. Um, and that's great. And you might want to offset the cost. And maybe you're in that in that bucket. And and you can learn a lot here from le- learn a lot from this as well because there's there's a way to do that. Whether you hire somebody full time or whether you manage it yourself, where you can reduce the cost of that liability significantly and make it more affordable for you. Well, we also have 
multiple friends that are investing together in vacation rentals in Mount Shasta and other places. Mm -hmm. And together there's two couples. I'm thinking of two, four of our friends and you've done it in the past. Like you go in together, lower your liability as long as you trust them, right? In a vacation rental situation and it rents out 45, 50, you know, 50 weeks a year, whatever it is. And the two families have an asset that's performing and they might even be rent. You could even rent and say, Hey, this is my capital that I have. How do I get into something that's for house hacking? Um, this idea of, you know, lifestyle leveraging, you know, and mm. part of that is, is mentally and emotionally, financially, socially, communally, like you change the way because, you know, as, as much as I love hanging out with you, you and Holly leave multiple weeks a year because you're in a van and you have a van. They have a Sprinter van, which is was a strategic purchase. Yeah, Ford Transit. Ford Transit. All right. Ford, sorry, sorry, sorry. Ford Transit. I'm a Ford, I'm a Ford, Ford, Ford Transit Ford, All right. Ford, Ford, Ford Transit. Ford Transit. You're a transit guy. I'm a transit guy. You're on the, you're on the spectrum, right? So, but, but part of it, it does affect your community. You, you were just gone for three weeks, right? Just this last month. And it, it affects a lot of different areas of your life, but you're, you're, you have a, you know, your lifestyle leveraging, right? You're saying, Hey, what am I willing to give up in order to continue one? You're, you're providing an amazing experiential lifestyle for your girls, right? You're, you're showing them what life could be in a world of adventure. And we we're surrounded by tons of amazing nature, which you guys are all about, but it's also like, what do we need? It's not, I don't really feel like you and Holly approach as though you're sacrificing anything. No. Whereas a lot of people go into this and be like, Oh, how, when, when, when am I going to be inconvenienced in my own house and my own amenities? It has the wrong mindset about the whole thing. And so we're talking about house hacking as one of these, but this idea of home, it's a life hack. Home is a mindset. It's a life hack, right? Property management is an aspect of a, of an overall life hack because you want to achieve something specific. You want to, you want, you have a vision for you and a value for you and your family that's very specific. And you're okay with it's not really being inconvenienced, but you're okay with having a different business model for your life than a lot of traditional people are, mm -hmm. which makes you weird and different and dangerous to a lot of people that have a day job and a W two, and they want consistency and they're high compliance. and And part of it is, you know, I'm coming from that. I'm coming from that high compliance corporate America and limping into an investment property when I've saved up, save up enough money or building out my basement for an Airbnb unit. Like I'm coming at from the, from the bottom up versus the top down or whichever way that goes. But this idea that, you know, home in and of itself is a mindset. And I feel like you've naturally expanded you, you and Holly have expanded what home means. Yeah. And, and I think it was really helpful. Like early on, mm -hmm. like when, when we first had this house where we're, we're coming to you live from, which yep. is super fun. My yep. first short-term rental. It's home. a beautiful house. You bought a beautiful house. Still is. We spruced it, it up lately. It is. It, you know, it it's, it's it's impressive. Whether we were in our twenties or in our thirties, it's impressive. It's still a good house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we learned a lot because we would go stay, and, and we had some really good relationships with family members that were super supportive of us. But we would go stay uh, at my parents' house where yep. they were living at the time, or Holly's parents' house where they were where they still live, or. Um, I'm, I'm really fortunate to have grandparents that invested in Lake Tahoe Yeah, back in the early days and mm -hmm. like the 50s and yep. got cabins up there that we can still go to. Yeah. And um, even sometimes we'd be like, we'd put, air, we'd put our home up on, on, on Airbnb and she'd be like, hey, if we get a good booking, We're like, up. let's just see what happens. Totally. And we go stay in like a friend's like, like basement room. Yeah. Like even with our daughters and we just have a fun time having dinners with them, hanging out. 
And, and one of the things that was awesome about that is you get to essentially do life with all these different people yeah. and all these different circumstances. Yeah. And you're kind of living this more nomadic life. And as you dive into it, I mean, you know, obviously at this point, we're now in 2022 and, you know, van life has become a huge thing, yeah, yeah. you know, over the last few years and this kind of nomadic, uh-huh. you know, existence where, you know, home is wherever you park it, yep. you know, or nowadays on Airbnb, like, you know, it's amazing to see like, especially Gen Xers that are inspiring to me. They're like, Hey, I don't, I don't live anywhere. Yeah. I live wherever I'm currently renting at the moment. Well, I mean, I, you know, they, they, they don't travel on Airbnb. Yeah. They live on Airbnb. Well, they don't vacation. They just live. Exactly. And, and you stay for a week here. This place is cool. I'm going to move on. I'm going to stay mate. in the next place. You're like two months. And we have a lot of guests, particularly at our homes that like, they start renting. Yeah. And then they're like, you know, they're out there for like a three day stay. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I want to stay till five days. Yeah. And then they're like, can I stay for two months? Yeah, totally. And it's this amazing thing. It's just this flexibility, this, yep. this movement. You're just, you're just moving through life. And, um, and, and obviously this is constricted by work, yeah, but totally. what we're presenting here yeah. is an opportunity to either supplement yep. your current income yeah. or potentially outsource it. Just completely like transition, transition it transition to, out. To, for, for you to be, to own your own time. You're, you're the first person that I, I had direct contact with as a friend that had caught cash positive vacations. Yeah. You, you, you made money. I make you, money when, on most vacations. When, on your vacations. Pretty much every vacation I make money. You make, you now, make, I would have to go spend a lot of money to lose you, money. You would have to go to Vegas go to like, and bet a lot of money or to like, lose like money. Take a massive pair. So this idea of cash positive, it's a, where you, I, I, yeah. this isn't, isn't sedentary, it, it sure. is, it's not go to work, you come home, you do that for a full year, like people are, it would cause us to change, people are thinking differently like an Airbnb, we're like, screw it, come on up, come up Northern California, it's, it'll be rad, and we, we actually benefited from a lot of this, you personally benefited from a lot of, mm-hmm. of the pandemic and people's desire to grow and change and see and, and explore and wander that they couldn't do because of the pandemic created this cage for them in their own house, when you all you did was continue to buy and invest in yourself and expand your properties, you went from one house to a house with a van to a van with to a, a you know to rooms and a van to an ADU to a portfolio of properties really because people are yearning for experiences they're yearning for great property managers right great asset great <laughs> asset managers right i don't know if this is the right title for this this, this episode it might not be yeah but it's all right <laughs> it's all right the the creativity so um so we're gonna we're gonna land we're gonna land this soon because I think I'm gonna run out of juice here. Um, but the prior you know priority wise, uh, you needed to make a living. Yeah. Right. You 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 had a job that you saw that potentially was going to decrease in your monthly income to the point where it was not going to be sustainable, and you needed to make a change. And so we're not saying that we're, you do you do property management for fun. You don't get into short term rentals for fun. It is a lot of fun because you learn a shit ton. You know, you, you and I, we tear a lot of shit apart, but you just by, by managing your own subs, the whole, the whole sub process of finding your crew, managing your crew, investing in the people that transform the properties that you acquire, like that's a whole experience that we're going to get into more. 
but that had to open up parts of you you probably didn't know you had access to, right? And so it's just like priorities, like let's make some money, let's be relatively speaking, as opposed to building a career out in a specific industry. Yeah, I mean, one of the amazing things, if you know, for those of you who have never actually gone on and created a listing on you know Airbnb or Verbo, or there is other companies out there. I just won't mention their names because they all suck. Yeah, that's all. If you're listening to me, you suck. But hey, if you want tried them and they suck. But if you want to be all those other companies, if you want to be a sponsor, (laughs) (laughs) you want to be a sponsor and prove your worthiness, we're open. Contact. No, no, no. You got you've got some you've got some forgiveness Uh, to uh, ask for before that. Um, Oh, I'll tell some stories. All right. Um, But yeah, yeah. Um, You know, if, if you haven't gone on and ever built a listing on Airbnb or Verbo. And Airbnb is kind of the name we say that's yeah. kind of the cinema of short-term rentals, particularly here in it's California. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, in some places uh, where Verbo was the first, you know, you might use the word Verbo as yeah. more your, your True. So yep. um, this is more of a local uh, uh, item. Um, but uh, you know, if, if you've never done it, it is incredibly easy. Uh-huh. You could have your listing up literally in minutes. It's accessible. Yeah. Super easy, super accessible. If you're familiar with the computer at all, like you've got this. If you're under 65 years of age, you've got this. You should <laughs> be able to do this. Okay. Yeah. And if not, ask your grand grandkid. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll help you. Yeah. But um, I mean, you, you literally created new experiences by creating experiences for people, right? And so you mentioned friends, family, day trips, Airbnb. I mean, worst case scenario. So what if. Let me ask you this. What if someone only had $12,000, told to $15,000 of accessible income? Where do they live right now? Um, say they live in around Boise, Idaho. Okay. No, what do they live in right now? They, they're, they're renting right now in a condo, right? And they have fifteen dollars to $20,000 of disposable income. Could they, could, could they find a way to house hack or, 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 uh, or, or enter into this market? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, one of the easiest ways to do it, I mean, oh, so, so one thing that we did yep. like really early on, which yep. was super fun mm-hmm. is, um, you know, if, if you only have like that small amount of money, so in, in say you, you have the ability to rent out your current space. Yep. Um, and this is kind of, uh, so this is what well, we talked about this the other night yeah. before this podcast existed. Yeah. Um, we talked about a few characteristics that matter. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to do this, there's a few things that really matter. One is flexibility. Yep. Um, one is creativity. Yeah. Being creative with your life. Yeah. Creative with your time, creative with your assets. And there's other things. With your money. Like, um, yeah. And then another one is, uh, what else are we talking about? I'm trying to blank. Right Help me out. Uh, flexibility, mindset, creativity. Um, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter yeah. that much. So, so, so one way you could go and, and we ended up, we ended up buying a van ourselves, um, bought an old commercial, well, not an old, but a, a used commercial van yep. and converted it into a camper van mm-hmm. built in bunk beds. Shout out to Gary Tunnison. Thank you very much. Father-in-law Boom. helped me a ton build that in Mike. Brother-in-law, Mike. Brother-in-law, a lot of great insight there. Mike, drop. I, I just got to give out. It, give it. I got to give props you know, where they're due. They might never they will to this. come. If 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 you have participated <laughs> in this, props will come. Okay. Guaranteed. That's right. Um, but we built a van. But you could just get a teardrop camper. Yeah. If you're game for camping and you've got the any vehicle, I don't care what you got. If you got an Acura, if you have a tent, 
you could you could displace yourself, right? Exactly. If you live in a cool area and there's some yeah. cool spots you've always wanted to go to, yeah, just go camp. If you're if you are into hiking or adventuring or road trips, like literally, if you're into anything that takes you outside of the four walls of your house and you have the ability to sublease your space, right? Yes. If you have the ability and if you own your own home, you do. There's nothing stopping you from making money off of your assets. May, maybe technically if you're a hoarder and you have a shit ton of shit, you're in trouble. You need to get rid of it and that's a different conversation we're you not going to go into. That's uh But but if yeah. if you own if you own any asset at all of any size of in, in pretty much anywhere that's desirable to go. And this is a great point. Yeah. Anywhere matters. Like, like you do not have to have a place in Hawaii. Yep. You do not have to have a place on the beach in Florida. Yeah. You do not have to have a place in some big city. Like 